Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to Geeking In. I am Jay, I'm your party host, grabbing your bourbon, your beer, or your brew, half sugar and almond milk, just the way you like, and settle in while we talk about all sorts of stuff. Um, I am joined, as always, by the incredible, the invincible, the infamous, our futurist, our Tony Stark. How are you doing, T? Hello, listeners. Hello, gents. I'm doing very well. I'm very happy to be here. We're very happy to have you. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. It's um, it's fun times as always. So I'm doing all right. Um, and someone else who's doing all right is our Mister Fantastic, our Dumbed Prince that was promised. Hey, Denby. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. Is that it? What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. Come on, Jay, it's not your first radio. No, that is it now. Carry on. Thank you. And and that was a special <laughs> hello to our Tom Jones fans. Whether you are living in Hemel Hempstead, Dublin, Oregon, or in Wales somewhere, um, uh, thank you very much for continuing to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Um, and... Uh, yeah, the, the the Venn diagram between Tom Jones fans and Geeking In fans is wider than you would imagine. Um, and where you can meet, <laughs> and where you can meet fellow Tom Jones fans, uh, Jonesies, as we like to call ourselves, I don't know if they call themselves that, um, is at Geeking In Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. And uh, whilst you are there, you can check out our Linktree link that takes you to everywhere. Uh, where our t-shirts, our mugs, and our uh, masks are. Someone's not a Tom Jones fan. <laughs> uh, to be fair, it might just be my singing. That's right, it could well be. Um, one day we're going to play back all of the cameos to our kids. And they're, gonna, they're either going to love them or be hugely embarrassed. And either way, we're going to enjoy it. Uh, but, uh, yes, you will find in our Linktree link our Teespring account for our mugs, our masks, and our T-shirts. Our T-shirts can be done designs in very different styles, um, so you can reimagine something familiar into something very different. And speaking of reimagining, um, the trailers have dropped. I'm sorry, Jay. You you clearly paused for us to react to that transition and we both just carried on like nothing. (laughs) Speaking of reimagining, Star Wars. (laughs) Sorry. Well, usually I have some sort of, I mean, you know, actually silence is good feedback usually because otherwise you're just usually shitting on what I'm talking about. So, (laughs) nope, that's crap. Do it again. Um, I was also trying to remember where I was going with it, to be honest. Um, uh, but yes, we have had a debut trailer, te- too, technically, for Star Wars Visions. Um, slight reimagining of the Star Wars world in an anime style. Um, the uh, trailer, uh, available both in um, uh, Japanese and English dub, um, true to anime style, um, starts showing uh, the world beyond what we're used to, um, promising to take us to the far reaches of the galaxy um, and heralds nine, I think it is, uh, episodes yeah, uh, that we are due to see uh, different interpretation, different anime studios um, taking their, their version of Star Wars and telling us different stories. Um, the voice acting on this for the English-American version 
um, includes some very interesting names. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt um, wow. is uh, going to be in Tatooine Rhapsody. Uh, uh, we've got Neil Patrick Harris in The Twins. Um, we've got uh, Lucy Liu in The Duel. Uh, we've got David Harbour in The Elder, um, to name but a few. So it's it's quite a, a, a cast list, quite a, a bold step. Um, now, we've uh, been talking about kind of some of our, our favourite animes throughout the, the weeks and recommendations through. Um, T, how are you feeling about an anime interpretation of Star Wars? So the first thing my head went to was, uh, and before we even saw, saw, before I saw the end of the trailer, was um, the Animatrix. Yep. So did you remember between, I think this was between Matrix 2 and 3, or between the first and second, between the matrices, um, they released the Animatrix on DVD, and it was nine different stories by nine different um, uh, animation studios, I think. Um, so nine very, very different styles. Uh, and just telling the background story. And I think this was sort of one of the earlier times of, you know, taking what was just a film and building it into this wider universe at the same time they were releasing the game. And, you know, we talked on a previous episode about the website that you could, you know, quote unquote, ha hack into and stuff like that. So making it a, a bigger experience. So, so immediately felt a bit like that with all of the different styles coming through. And that was really cool. It was nice that it wasn't just, you know, like the Star Wars comics, um, which very much go for that photorealism kind of effect uh, where Khan Solo still looks like young Harrison Ford. It's just gone with a very kind of stylized thing. I thought that was really cool. Um, and the other thing I think is, uh, Jay, you sent us the, these trailers to watch and you sent us the Japanese dub first. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I to be, to be honest, when watching anime, I do vary between subs and dubs. And it's really what mood I'm in when I watch the pilot. <laughs> if I'm tired, I, I end up being dubs, otherwise it's subs. Um, so watching this trailer, I was like, oh my God, the, you know, it, the voices, the acting, everything is so perfect. It's so epic. Um, I'm definitely going to watch this with subtitles uh, on the Japanese dub. And then when I watched the English dub trailer, uh, and it was clearly that's a dub. Because you can see the the mouth movements are much closer to the Japanese, um, the voice acting was also so good. Where I was like, oh man, oh no, I want to experience this in English as well. And it, if the stories are good, this may be one of those things where I watch it twice each week, once in each language, uh, similar to what we did with the trailer. Watch it first in Japanese and then in English. Um, and now hearing you roll out that list of names of how they got an amazing cast to voice these, I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to miss Neil, Neil Patrick Harris in Star Wars, am I? <laughs> uh, oh, and Alison Brie, by the way, is in there oh. as well. Um, so I think, I, I don't know the characters, obviously, but uh, Neil Patrick Harris is playing Carr and Alison Brie playing Am. Um, so I'm so assuming we have to watch they the are, behind the, scenes they are as the well. twins. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really interesting kind of characters coming in to um the star wars universe um jay can i ask you so you say we're coming into the star wars universe is this canon so that was that's an interesting question one i was going to pose to you two it it's not said anywhere that it's not expected to be okay i, assume uh, I mean it's, it's a disney it, it's a, a star wars disney disney plus <laughs> show um, do you? Oh, I can't remember what it was now. Do you know the, the? I think it's a comic from a certain point of view, where they, where basically the whole thing is these are just stories. It's a person's view on what happened rather than actually what happened. Um, so they had two, didn't they? They had the the Infinites, which was their their what if version. Yeah. Um, they had uh, Tag and Bink, was it? Who were kind of like two characters. So it was, the, it was, four, it was 40 stories, right? So it was 40 stories celebrating 40 years of Star Wars. Uh, and it's each short story told from a perspective of a different character. And the whole idea was they could just be stories. And I think that works a little bit better 
in the context of this because other because we well when you're doing something in anime style we want you to be free to do it in anime style uh not feel restricted by uh real world physics for example uh, and in this trailer um we saw lightsabers turning into sort of laser whips and then wrapping around other lightsabers and all that kind of cool stuff going on I'm so glad they're doing that stuff because you know otherwise why why do it in anime? Um, but also I don't therefore then want you to have to explain that now you can do that in your canon timeline. I mean, it's it's those kind of um, that some of those those configurations have been seen before in other uh, uh, styles of Star Wars. Hmm. Um, so it's not out of the the realms that, that they could have existed, especially at kind of you know when it's set up. Mm. Um, uh, apart from so, um, according to Game Revolution, Star Wars Visions would most likely be considered canon by Lucasfilm when it launches. Ooh. That is because the studio has previously stated that all Star Wars products produced since the Disney takeover are and will be canon, including novels and video games. Apart from this statement, the film company Lucasfilm and the, uh, uh, the statement from the film company Lucasfilm and the fact that the series hasn't been titled non-canon, well-known characters from previous Star Wars series appear on the trailers of Visions, hinting that the series is actually canon. So, um, to respond to that, I'd say that there's two things I think I can think about. One is... You, I guess you're still can like a certain point of view is in canon and that was since the Disney takeover it's just the stories themselves have an unreliable narrator um, so you can have a story within a story and that story within a story is not a canon but the larger story is someone's telling the story so you could have the start of the show being you know one person sitting down to tell another person a story and that conversation is canon, but then when we go into the story, it's not. Uh, and the second thought I just had about everything being in canon is already, and this is only since, you know, all of uh, the expanded universe has been turned into legends, and, you know, so we're only talking a couple of years here, there's been contradictions. So uh, the Bad Batch, which you've watched all the way through, in its pilot, contradicted the Kane and Jarrus comic book. Um and we're, was we're the Canaan Jarrus comic book post Disney? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it wasn't a huge contradiction, but it was there, um, and it was immediately the attitude was okay. You know, we're just back to levels of these things. So the films will be number one, and the shows will be number two, and probably the books and comics will be three and four, that kind of stuff. And of course, as this universe continues to grow, you will get contradictions, and you know we're we're sci-fi and, and retellings and retellings. Yeah, we're, we're used to this shit. We're used to reboots and refreshes and contradictions and things like that, and that's okay too. Especially if you're going to have multiple uh, uh, medium. You know, if it's all just cinema, the MCU, and then a bit of telly, that's okay. But if you want to have comics and the comic creators aren't speaking to the film creators and things like that and TV shows and novels and children's books and all these other things yeah you're gonna have to play a bit loosey-goosey with some of this stuff I think yeah and I think I, I think there's a malleability to to most of the fandom that allows that um B how are you feeling about the trailer and how do you feel about the fact that it may be considered canon uh, trailer is amazing. Um, I loved how it was all edited together. I loved the music. Yeah, it, 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 it was. It really got me going. Uh, really, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not as much as Oscar Isaac's for tea, but let's not go there. Um, whoa, 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 whoa! Is Poe Dameron in this? Because fucking hell, I'm really in. It's brilliant. It 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 really, really, you know, it's about time we've had some uh, decent Star Wars um, stuff come through from Disney. 
Um, <laughs> Mandalorian was like ten minutes ago. Yeah, but that was ages ago. <laughs> it's, it's it's been a life since then. You know, we've been through a pandemic. Um, <laughs> so it was, was during the pandemic. It, yeah, but it's, it's, was it it's, February? It was. It, it no, it's longer than that, surely. Mm. All right, let me let me Google when the Mandalorian season two dropped. Uh, you November. you might be right actually. It yeah, might have been last November, year. Um, yeah, so you know, even if it's February, it's, it's you know, uh, we want October, more, November, more than five minutes for me. That's the problem. October, <laughs> November, December. Yeah, there you go. See, so almost a year. Yeah, it will be almost, almost a year between um, the, the the chapter nine of the Mandalorian and the first. Well, it'll be a like eleven months between chapter nine of the Mandalorian and and chapter one of of. Styles visions and you know the, the beauty of animation is that you know the imagination can really be taken to um you know places where live action perhaps cannot go um so that's yeah. an interesting point because we seem to be in a world where the bigger franchises are using animation in canon um to expand their stories alongside the live action stuff which which historically you know you 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 wouldn't well i say you wouldn't really seen but star wars technically i guess did that with you know some of their bits didn't they from from I mean, all the way back wars. in the day yeah and even before then i was thinking kind of like the the holiday special with the the animated boba fett view and mm. um some of the bits there but Marvel have, have jumped onto this recently with What If, which we'll go on to talk about in a little while. Um, Star Trek's got lower decks to tell mm-hmm. different stories in, in different ways, um, cheaper than, than you know, the, you know, the, the, what we're there's seeing. There's a difference, I think, between What If and lower decks and this. This Again, it's, it's more akin to the Animatrix because it isn't, hey, we're telling you a story in our in-house style. This is just we're doing some experimental shit, you know. Um, so I, I, I think we might we'll watch the, the nine episodes. I'm not expecting to like nine episodes. I'm, I in fact I'd almost be disappointed if we all liked all nine episodes. You know, I'd like the styles to be so what a different. Random thing. I know. To, to, I'd like the I'm styles. Gonna, to I'm going to be so... disappointed if you if you like this because <laughs> you want yeah. you want there to be different things in there. So they are doing things that are experimental, and some stuff will work for some of us and not for others, and some will you know things like that basically. Um, whereas you know, with the Marvel, what ifs, it's going to be more in house style, more kind of polished. You know, uh, Lower Decks is... I mean, you either like Lower Decks Episode 1 and probably will like the rest of them, or you won't like any of them. And, and we have that very split on this podcast. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it does seem to be far more of a storytelling, an accepted storytelling technique rather than kind of standalone stories. Um So it's interesting just kind of watching it kind of expand out that way. Um, and I mean, you know, this could be a very interesting step towards different stories. I mean, with Star Wars, that it's gone round to anime, bearing in mind how big an influence yeah. Kurosawa and things like that had on yeah. the original Star Wars film. It does feel just right doesn't it there's something about like the start the narrative at the beginning the voiceover where it just feels like such a natural home for this kind of story because it's the same thing but with laser swords instead of samurai swords right yeah. it was it was like the um the episode of mando season two the uh, i forgot the episode name now but the samurai episode the one with um ahsoka tano um. Yes, the where the whole thing was obviously you know a great big homage to the Kurosawa films and samurai films in general, and called it, the Jedi. Yes, it, the Jedi, and it just fits so perfectly. 
Yeah. And, and do you know who wrote and directed that episode? No. Dave Filoni. Ah, there you go. Partly because he wanted to do, you know, it was, it was deemed right that he directs and writes the episode that Ahsoka comes into mm -hmm. real life. Mm -hmm. It's only fair. I, I think it's going to be a bold um, step forward. Um, we'll talk about what if shortly, um, because we'll talk about it in 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 full 3D for a 2D cartoon. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but um, Lower Decks, we mentioned there, is just back for Series 2. The first episode of Series 2 uh, is now available on Amazon Prime. Um B, how did you find it? Sorry, T, how did you find it? Uh, yeah, it was um, very much more, more of the same. I, I enjoyed season one, so it was really nice to be back for season two. It was, it was just really nice watching even that intro sequence of just everything fucking going wrong. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if I paid more attention to it because it's been a year since, since season one or what. But it wasn't just bad shit kept happening to the Cerritos. This is the intro sequence I'm talking about, not even the fucking show yet. But the, you know, like, it's that they make stupid decisions. Um, so the ship keeps doing stupid things, which damages itself just in the intro, which is just such a great, you know, change from watching Voyager slowly go through space or watching, you know, the camera pan around Deep Space Nine forever and ever. Um, yeah. Uh, I think it's, I guess it's similar to what I said. I think if you liked, you know, the pilot and if you liked any of season one, you will continue to like it because it is very much, you know, the same kind of thing. Um, and if you didn't, you probably won't. Uh, I felt, again, there was a lot of, like, deep deep cut references. Some of it back to the previous season where I'm like, oh, do I want to rewatch season one before I start this again? And some of it just back to, like, old Star trek -y things. And it, uh, if you're a kind of person who likes to come out of a film and immediately go to like the IMDb trivia page and read up all about, you know, all the different stuff, then you'd love it. You know, the first thing I want to do when the episode ended was to go straight to Memory Alpha, the Star Trek wiki, and just read about all the different references and what I've missed and I haven't and stuff like that. Um, but if you just want an entertaining and accessible show, I don't know if this is for you. It's hard for me to say that as a mega Trekkie because I, 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 I don't know. Maybe it is very accessible. I wasn't able to force my wife to watch it with me and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I get this because, you know, season one didn't work enough for her. Um, I, I mean, it is it's one of those kind of unconscious incompetence kind of things if you don't know what you don't know in mm. the sense of uh, I got a lot of the references, um, but don't know if I got all of the references because if mm. I've missed them, then I've missed them. Yeah. Um, Things like the Cardassian torture with the lights. And yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that was a far better Picard than I was expecting. That was very um, good. <laughs> I was so fucking impressed. <laughs> um, uh, that one was 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 very apparent, um, as as you know, some of the others are. Um, but no, I, I I I'm still enjoying Lower Decks. I think it does what it enjoys to do i'd be interesting to see how they move through on season two because you know how do you tell what's the next story we've had the you know she's the captain's daughter no one say and yeah. you know she's she's a screw-up but it turns out right and she, you know her instincts yeah. are good and um so yeah do they just recess and tell the same story again or or can they actually evolve it and move it forward um, I think we have Janeway coming in this this season, though, don't we? Yeah, uh, no, that's um, uh, oh, Project Project yeah. yeah. Mm, okay, yeah. So it'll be interesting. I mean, you know, I love I love the the fact that, that they are. I love, and I don't know how much this is going to split the fan base. I love the fact that they are making Riker just a parody of himself. So good. I think um, the fact that Freaks is voicing it and just clearly having so much fun doing it is yeah. perfect. I feel like just, we never got to see Peak Riker, and now we have. No, and and he's just as 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 brash and as nonsensical as you would imagine <laughs> him is. 
he just knows. I mean, it, it just it's so in character where he had he had Picard for a boss and it was kind of raining him in and all of this stuff, and now he's like his own captain. It's just pure. It's pure Riker. And you know, we because we skipped that when we saw him again in um, in Picard in the show, right? Because now he's all fucking old and retired and whatever. And finally, he had the cheeky smile when he turned up in the CGI ship. But you know. It just, Which just uh, looks like the same as all the other TV shows. I know, shows. the copy and pasted ridiculousness of that's really finale. Um, but um, yeah, it it that just fills me with so much joy. I'm not even a huge Riker fan, but seeing Riker be peak Riker like this is just perfect. I, I think that if any show is going to make you a Riker fan, it's this one. Yeah. Um, so we will wait and see. No, it's, uh, it looks like it's a weekly drop, which is interesting because the last one was the whole series. The last um, one dropped in America well in advance, didn't it? And then we were yeah, much later in it the was, UK. It was another it. CBS thing. Um, yeah, so it, it's nice to also also to get it on time and, and like, A, have this conversation and also be part of other conversations as it's dropping. Absolutely, but we shall uh, we shall enjoy that dropping weekly. Um, one of the other things that we we may enjoy what dropping weekly is is what if, which is what we're going to go on to talk on next, because we are going to talk very candidly and openly about uh, what if and and all it promises. Um, uh, we're going to do our recommendations before we get there, I think, so that if you are uh, not uh, caught up with what if and therefore don't want to listen to us talk about it and um, uh, B and I are going to talk free guy at the very end um, spoiler free but uh, at the very end of the show um, we'll do our recommendations now in case you wish to leave us at this point so um, T what's your recommendation for the week uh, so what if got me thinking of other what if stories basically um, and the DC version of What If has always been called Elseworlds. Um, and there's loads of really great Elseworlds stories, you know, that they always do. And, I, and I'm a fan of not being stuck to canon, I guess. Um, the one that is most... So some of it is very much like What If, so you take one specific thing and you turn it around, and some of it is broader. The one that is most What If-like and also successful to me is Superman Red Sun. So this is what if what would happen if Superman had landed in, in Soviet Russia. And it's not just a Superman story. You get to see sort of, you know, Russian Batman. Um, it's just a great, fun story, basically, of, um, of yeah, of, 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 sorry, a great, big, fun what-if DC story. So if you've enjoyed Marvel's what-if and you want to know, want to experience some of that on the other side of the comic book curtain thing, Show, I don't know. Um, pick up Superman Red Sun. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a really good story because it, it kind of um, looks at the fact that, you know, Superman was very much about truth, justice in the American way. Um, mm. and, and in more modern times, he's um, tried to position himself as a global superhero rather than America's superhero. Um, uh, something that uh, was called out quite heavily in Man of Steel, for instance. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it, it's, it's quite interesting seeing it through the lens um, of uh, that. And, and obviously a, a nice play because, you know, Krypton's got the red sun and it's the yellow sun that gives him mm. his powers. So um, funny little title. Um, B, what are you recommending this week? I'm recommending Free Guy, which we shall talk about shortly. Because it's uh, that, awesome. I was going to say that's one of the shortest recommendations. <laughs> it it ever. is. It that's is a spoiler for your segment coming up. It's it, Free Guy. It more to come. <laughs> it's awesome. It's it's not a good movie. It's a great movie. Um, and I, um, in the theme of uh, animated storytelling, uh, I'm recommending uh, Hellboy, Hellboy's Sword, Sword of Storms. Um, 
Hellfire. Mumble to you guys. <laughs> you can't hear the childlike profanity that's going on over here. We got a little bit of the singing. Um, uh, it's, it's the rudest words a three year old knows. So it's great. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm recommending Hellboy Sword of Storms. Um, it is an animated story with uh, the cast of the Hellboy films, or most of them. Uh, David Hyde Pierce hasn't returned. It's um, uh, Doug Jones, I think, um, as Abe. Um, mm. uh, but oh, it's... Doug Jones voicing Abe. Abe, yes. Well, that's interesting, given he didn't voice um, Abe in the... Abe was voiced by Niles Crane, right? Yes. David oh. Hyde Pierce. Yeah. I think that's it. Um, and apparently there was something about um, uh, he felt that he should have voiced him in the first film and therefore ducked out of the the, the, the animated ones. Um, yeah, because David Hyde Pierce, in fact, didn't take credit, did he? It was an interesting one. He was so impressed or, you know, he so much thought it was Doug Jones's character. He, I think uh, uh, Abe was credited to Doug Jones and not David Hyde Pierce, who naturally would have been as the voice actor. Yeah, so um, the beautiful thing about Amazon Prime is the IMDb facts come up while you're watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yes, so it's um, Ron Perlman as El Hellboy, uh, Summer Blair as um woman whose name I've forgotten. Um, but um, yes, and it's about um, uh, a, a Japanese or two Japanese demons. Uh, so it's uh, very steeped in in kind of you know samurai and um, uh, you know samurai swords and and Japanese folklore. So fits incredibly well with what we're talking about, uh, and is is a really good Hellboy story. Um, so, Sword of Storms is my recommendation. Excellent. Is it a series or a film? It's a film. Um, okay. It's it's one of a couple of animated ones on Amazon Prime. So, okay. um, Blood and Iron is the other one, which I haven't watched yet, but will be after watching this one. And this is um, Del Toro, presumably, story picking up, so it's a continuation. Uh, loosely, yes. Okay. You 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 don't need to know much of the last films to or the Del Toro films to enjoy. Okay. Oh. Excellent, definitely. I mean, yeah. We, is it last week we talked about the Del Toro films? So actually, it's great. Yeah, looking forward to this. I can't remember when we talked about Del Toro films, but we do often. Yeah. Um, and I've still got the remake saved on my TiVo box that at some point I'll get around to watching. Yeah. Just because. Um, but there we go. So if you are leaving at this point, we will wish you good night and, and, uh, look forward to speaking to you next week. However, we are now going to focus on two very, very powerful words. Why that? No, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) What if? Why though? (laughs) Why is Gamora? Picking up on the threads of the multiverse that the Loki series introduced, um, we have Jeffrey Wright as Uatu the Watcher uh, guiding us through um, various scenarios, asking the question, what if, what if a certain specific element or question or moment changed? How would that change the, the stories that we're so familiar with? The first in the series is what if Captain Carter were the first Avenger, uh, which sees uh, Peggy jumping into the super soldier serum uh, machine um, Mm -hmm. and being injected with uh, the super serum so that we don't have Captain America um, and we have uh, Captain Carter instead. B, let's start with you. How did you find uh, your introduction to What If? I thought it was fabulous. Um, I think it worked on so many levels. Um, I thought it was well written, brilliantly animated. Um, 
looking at it from a point of view, if, you know, I, I know it's called what if, but if someone hadn't seen the first scenario, would this work? And I think it holds up. I think it could work as a brand new story if no one had ever, ever, ever seen the first Avenger. Um, I think this this holds up. I thought it was brilliant. Um, tons of Easter eggs, um, tons of funny moments, uh, references to the original story, um, and more. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. Loved it. Can't wait for number two in a few hours' time. Just a few hours away. Um, T, how did you find What If? Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great fun. Uh, I agree with B. You know, it was, it was very funny. It sort of, I think it was funny in that sort of Marvel style, you know, kind of action, a bit quip, uh, a bit funny. Um, that was all good. The animation was, uh, yeah, again, it's that kind of sort of photorealistic type, mm. you know, so you could, it, you couldn't just tell it was Captain America. Uh, sorry, you couldn't just tell it was Steve Rogers. You could tell it was Chris Evans. You know, you could tell it was Haley Atwell, that kind of stuff. So they've very much kept it. Um, so it's not at all confusing in that way. Um, I started, as soon as it started, I thought, oh, I wonder if this is a good one to watch with my daughter. Um, and then, of course, it ended up getting quite gory and violent um, because it's set during World War II. And I thought, okay, I mean, it's a shame I can't watch it with my daughter, but it's a, I'm really glad they did all of that. And, that. and the action itself was really good for a cartoon. Um, I feel like we don't animate action particularly well. And I didn't realise we didn't do it particularly well till I watched this. Where you know it felt really impactful. You know, you could just really see Peggy letting loose, um, you know, flipping around and using the shield and all of that stuff, and you know, everything just felt weighty and powerful. And I just thought, wow, uh, this is just really, you know, a lot of thoughts gone into choreographing these fight scenes and things like that, uh, which was just just brilliant. Um, and I guess re- referring back to our Star Wars conversation from a moment ago. Um, you know, you see stuff like that in anime, and again, in a very stylized way, but not in more sort of traditional Western animation. So brilliant there. Um, great story overall. You know, you saw the beats you wanted to see. You know, it, things like Peggy is in love with Steve Rogers, the kid, not the, not the, kid, the skinny kid from Brooklyn, not big, beefy Captain America. And you sort of got to see that. Um, I thought Jeffrey Wright as mm. the Watcher was just fucking brilliant. Wasn't he good? Um, in particular, that he did his, it was Jeffrey Wright sounding like Jeffrey Wright, not Jeffrey Wright sounding, you know, big, omnipotent Uatu, you know. Um, he wasn't trying to do this kind of big, spooky voice. Um, he kept his own sort of pronunciations of things. And I, I, I think his, a... his voice and his cadence is, is just so mesmerizing anyway. I, you know, I, I think he's he's perfect just as he is, really. Isn't yeah, he? exactly, exactly that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when we talked about Masters of the Universe, I say, oh, you know, Sarah Michelle Gellar did just sound like Buffy, and um, uh, Hamill sounded like Joker or whatever. But this, in this case, it was just perfect. You know, and I'm kind of, you know, the, the Watcher voice isn't that interesting. Uh, the, the one that's traditionally done in like you know computer games and stuff like that, um, especially coming off the back of things like. Um, Transformers Kingdom, you know, uh, just trying to needlessly sound like that. Yeah, so that was great. Uh, great, great show overall. You know, this felt like the intro. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to some of the, the more meteor ones further down the line as well. I hope they keep doing it. Um, I, I didn't quite get if we're going to see a different what if with each episode. Or is it this is a branched timeline that we are going to continue to see? Um, so my interpretation is that it's going to be similar to what the Exiles comic was in the Marvel run of, um, I think what we will have is an anthology that then brings together as a, as a, a collective. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. So I, we'll, we'll get a better idea of that in the next one, whether it's going to be people from different timelines coming together or we'll see the Avengers of this timeline 
form um, and be different to the Avengers that we're we're, we're used to. Yeah, um, I think I, I think I hope it's the uh, the latter, the one where it's different universes. I don't need to see how. Peggy's decision then influenced, you know, the T'Challa thing, and you know, I don't need to see how one thing led to another, and, and for your time, I'm happy just for it to be all different things. Yeah. So if if Steve isn't Captain America, and therefore Bucky isn't the Winter Soldier, then does anyone kill T'Chaka? That makes T'Challa mm. Black Panther, and off we go. Um, I um, uh, so I loved Jeffrey Wright. Um, as the watcher, for all of the reasons we've just talked about, I thought that he was brilliant. Um, you know, T, to your point, what we've seen in in various incarnations of the watcher in previous cartoons is uh, someone who, whose whose voice acting is desperately trying to bring some sort of gravitas to the role mm. by talking very much like this mm. and trying to really stress his importance on things. Um, whereas Jeffrey Wright's voice is, is just fairly commanding in itself. So, so kind of has that kind of um, almost ethereal kind of nature from the slight rasp to it and, and how it kind of runs through. So I, 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 you know, I thought he was brilliant. Um, I liked it. I wasn't like drastically over enamored with it. So I liked the animation style. I liked the cell, cell, cell shading. I liked it because it was different to stuff that I I, I watch on. You know, I've seen cell, cell shading before, but it was different to, um, you know, the revelations. It was different to, you know, some of the other stuff that we've, we've Bad Batch and whatever else is, is out at the moment. Um, I, I, I. It's a story you have to start with because in timeline-wise, it's the first story. Mm. Um, it didn't feel that interesting a concept to me. Oh, wow. um, okay. In the sense of what happens if Captain Carter, if, if Peggy Carter became Captain America, uh, fairly broad strokes, exactly the same as what happened anyway, even to the point of 70-year <laughs> gap. Different I, I, reason for a seventy-year gap, but seventy-year gap. I, I thought it was interesting. You know, they they, you know, the female element of it, um, and you know, I don't know if this Colonel or whoever was in charge of of it was adamant that Peggy wasn't going to be the soldier, and there were several references made. You know, it's quite sexist about. Yeah. Um, yeah, that stuff that, was really that good. That was quite interesting. Yeah, I agree. I, I really like that. And Bradley Whitford is um, brilliant in everything he does. So it was great to see him, you know, in, in that kind of context. Yeah, I, no, I, I liked I liked that bit. I liked that. But again, you know, here's our super soldier and we've sidelined him. Is is a parallel, different reasons, but is a parallel to what we saw in, in the first Avenger anyway. And it was just this weird kind of like, so, you know, apart from the fact that, that Steve Rogers would have been flying around in, in the Hydra Stumper powered by the Tesseract, mm. broad strokes, everything would have worked out as is. Yeah, because this is, this is the sort of the, the taster one, isn't it? And I, as you say, if we're going to get some kind of multi-dimensional Avengers team, we'll get to see some of this further down the line, I guess. Um, yeah, I agree. It, it wasn't earth-shatteringly different. Um, no, it was it was it was quite safe. I mean, you know, Peggy Carter is as the super soldier. I thought was great. Um, well, it was uh, cool to know, see she... that she had a bigger battle to fight than Steve did. You know, being a woman with the powers, yes. and also we got to see in Falcon and the Winter Soldier where being a black man with the powers meant actually you don't get to fight at all. You know, no matter how much you fight that battle. Uh, of course, that was further down the line. So uh, it's it's nice to see that kind of play through. But as you say, it was safe because she she got to fight it. Um, the other... My other part on this, and this yeah. is this is drastically nitpicky, and I understand this. Uh, so so I, I wear that absolutely openly before I say this next thing. What was the decision that changed the timeline? 
Yeah, it was staying in the room, wasn't it? It was a weird one. Which didn't... Which in itself wasn't the change. The decision that changed the timeline seemed to be the Hydra agent going early. It's that she spotted the Hydra agent and started to move, which made him go early. Did that make him go early? Because he was already kind of sliding things across the floor and positioning stuff and... Oh, I don't know. That, 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 that's how I, I mean, read it. It's a far better plan than than the one in the, the actual first Avenger film, which is let them create the super soldier and then blow mm. it up. Um, although at that point it wasn't... No. No, it wasn't. Mm. The plan was to steal the Super Soldier Serum, was it? It was just to kind of explode everything. Um, But, yeah, her being on the floor so she could rush into the the chamber instead only kind of really makes sense if that's how Steve Rogers went into the chamber in the first place. So it it, it it was a bit of a, you know, leap as to, you know, she didn't go upstairs, and therefore now she's the captain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, you know, it, it was fun. It was fun all the way through. Um, she was very, very okay with, with landing 70 years after she got lost in a portal fighting a monster well you know mm-hmm. just being okay that's something else because it was very much you know steve became captain america because he's all heart and he's all honorable yeah. and peggy, the best of us the best of us but peggy the trained agent you know there was something about i'm just so much better at this straight away because of all my training and because of all the battles i've had to fight and all of that kind of stuff and i thought that was pretty cool um, yeah, I couldn't tell how much of that was leaning on actually, I'm all about this, and mm. then how much of it was a little bit more kind of we've got 22 minutes. <laughs> um, because there are huge lump jumps of like you know, and, and I made you the shield. Wow, well, mm-hmm. yeah, well you know, whole... the, the thing with well, the show, the, sorry, the film was a bit like that, so one of the bits that they really jumped over, skipped over in the film was Cap's adventures during World War Two, and there was it was like a a, a, a compilation. What's the word? Yes, uh, montage. Montage. Mm. That's it. You need a montage. Yeah, exactly. And it was you know, it was a well done montage, right? You'd be, I thought, oh god, I want to see some of this, some more of that shit. With spinning uh, newspapers as well. Yeah, it's fucking classic. Early days Marvel or something else, man. I mean, it's, it must be so strange for people now going back and watching those films. People who live in a world where there's always been an MCU to watch, thinking, "What the fuck is this?" And now seeing it for the first time. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's some of that already. The other thing, just to say about this, is I fucking love the suit, and I haven't. I've actively not bought any action figures in so long because, you know, there's only so much space and it was all taken up by Transformers in my house. But I was just like, damn, I need a Peggy Carter action figure. She looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, I think she is um, uh, perfect for Rule 34 with a whole lot of... Um, Thank you. Uh, there you go. Dominant kind of um, there we go. things coming through, isn't she really? Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think this um, it, it was an interesting story. I think it was a, a, a an, an interesting take. It wasn't. It hasn't made me salivate for the next one. Marvels made me salivate for the next one because I'm I'm programmed. Um, Shut up and take you already have. Big one. Hmm. Uh, shut up and take my money. Oh wait, you already have. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And and well, this thing, everything, you know, it's all a bonus, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I paid for one division, and then I've got God knows whatever else free. Um, but yeah, it it, it I, I mean, all of this series have taken two or three episodes to kind of 
show you what they are. Mm. Um, and it feels like this is going to be the same. Mm. Um, I'm really interested to see tomorrow's so much so, and I'm, you know, this isn't my style. Um, but I've ignored the trailers that have come out today because why do I want to watch a trailer today? I can watch the whole thing in, you know, nine hours, 10 hours time. Do, do um, you know what the next one is? I don't know if I've not watched the trailers. Okay. Um, I think it's the T'Challa episode. I think oh, it's, I think excellent. it's, um, okay. I think it's, um, Chadwick Boseman's last episode or last main episode, um, which is going to be powerful in and of, of itself, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a solid enough start, but in itself, if this was a one-off, I don't know if I'd be um, clamoring for, for, you know, them to come back with another one straight away. We shall see. We shall see. Um, interesting that there is no Winter Soldier in this world, though. Mm. So, Howard Stark. There was a maybe reference to it. Die? There, there was a reference to it at one stage. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was quite funny. But you know that, yeah. that's what made me think about that thing you said earlier about uh, B about. Hey, I think you know if you never watched Marvel, you said like this. It was just so chocked full of you know. Is that is that funny to someone else? Is that a really bizarre line if you don't know, you know, if you don't know the film? They, I mean, they are just very confident in their audience, aren't they? Well, that's yeah, that's the thing. You know, everyone's fucking watched. You can make a Star Wars reference in any other movie because anyone who's ever watched a movie has seen. So you know, yeah, fair enough. That is very true. We shall see. We shall see. Um, but yes, episode two comes out tomorrow and we will talk about it again next week to see how it starts shaping up and whether we get a better understanding of, of the overarching story on this uh, or whether it is just an anthology series. Um, but that brings us to the end of this segment. Um, B and I are going to discuss Free Guy. Um because you're free, free uh, guy. See, I, I, Jay, I think uh, T should do all the singing segments now. I, I, I think the, the torch has been passed. Mm-hmm. Sadly, you guys don't get to decide that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, T, say goodbye so we can talk about uh, Free Guy. Adios. So, very excited to celebrate his return to the cinema. B got to watch Free Guy. Um, so, um, for anyone that's missed this, give us a quick synopsis. Wow. Uh, <laughs> it... <laughs> Oh well, it 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 is about a NPC in a computer game. So NPC, character. That's it. Yeah. Um, and it's about his relationship with the uh, other characters in this computer game, and uh, with the outside world. And from uh, so, I've only watched the trailers. Um, uh-huh. Ryan Reynolds and Jodie Comer, uh, Chroma, Chroma, Comer, 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 fantastic, uh, yeah. Palpatine's daughter-in-law. That's the one. Um, but um, uh, from the trailers, it looks like it's a Grand Theft Auto style game. It, yes and no. It, it, it's I think it's an amalgamation of of. Lots of things. So Grand Theft Auto, uh, Fortnite, 
um there's there's loads of things it, it's it's kind of taken little bits and and made it into amalgam of all of them uh, ryan reynolds as as you said is literally playing himself and <laughs> i notice notice i said playing himself there's no you in there jay um and jody is phenomenal i, I believe this is a first sort of starring big screen lead role in hollywood um and she, and they are absolutely phenomenal um both um i mean ryan ryan reynolds is literally well he's played himself he's made a living out of playing himself and you know if it's not broken why 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 fix it um you know i'm not bored of, of seeing ryan reynolds on screen playing himself so um go with it you know cash it in whilst whilst he can yeah i mean my my Introduction to Ryan Reynolds was Two Guys, A Girl in a Pizza Place. Um, in <laughs> which movie, he, 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 was, he was funny. Um, and then kind of watching him come into things like um, uh, um, playing Hannibal King. Movie. And again, just, you know, a, a, a more... Um, uh, or a less kid-friendly version of himself. Um, and then, yeah, as you said, it's kind of worked through. So he, he's got a certain style, a certain humour, a certain charm. And I would imagine mm. that if you don't like Ryan Reynolds, then then you don't like anything he does because it is very much him throughout. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. You know, from the obvious ones like Deadpool and Deadpool 2 to, you know, the less obvious ones like um, Definitely Maybe and The Proposal which um, I also really enjoy because I'm a sap like that. Um, where does this rank for you in, in the Reynolds verse? Um, oh, that's a toughie. Um, where do you put it against things like Deadpool? I, okay, I came away from this movie thinking it's the best movie I've seen this year. If you haven't been to watch a movie in the theatres yet, make this your go-to movie. It is brilliant. And I think I would put this right up there with Deadpool. No. That's that's pretty strong. It, and it are you is. expecting to see Jodie Comer, Comer, Cromer in more stuff following this? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, she's a brilliant, brilliant actress. And you know, she's a perfect foil uh, for Ryan. Um, I don't think, you know, any other sort of person playing her character in this movie would have worked. Uh, it is absolutely a perfect foil. Um, it's perfect. And how does her accent hold up? Because she does quite a few. She does. Um, I won't spoil it for you, but she does do quite a few. Um different accents and it, it, it is picked up what the, the fact that she does quite a few different yeah, accents absolutely i mean it, it, she is incredibly versatile in that it is, it's apparent in in killing eve which she's brilliant in mm. um just how many uh accents she can kind of switch between and it's really funny because when she then walks on to the likes of Graham Norton or, or one of the other tech talk shows and talks in a very, very strong Scouse accent, <laughs> it kind of just confuses the life out of you. Absolutely. I, she doesn't do the Scouse accent. <laughs> You'd be glad to know. You know Is there the room Scouse for a sequel? Um, and does the Scouse accent come in? No, the Scouse accent does not come in. Um, sequel... I don't want to say. <laughs> I'd love there to be a sequel. I think okay. it, it it is this movie. You know, the first thing I did coming out of this movie, um, the theatre was to text you guys to say, watch this movie. Um, it, you know, it's, 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 it's a movie for all. It's action packed. It's funny. Um, there's romance. Um, there's um, lots of, um, you know, it's, it's a mixed match between, I'd say, Ready Player One, um, Lego Movie, um, 
Matrix. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 a mash between those three, and it's brilliant. So, um, I mean, that's that's good um, uh, company to be in, isn't it? There's three really good movies. Um, I mean, uh, you know, it's it's not a good movie. It's a great movie. So I guess that leads to the big question, the question that all of the listeners want to know, that everyone is on the edge of their seats, screaming at the moment, wherever you're streaming this, to ask. Man forever. Oh. <laughs> Where are you coming up with these tough questions from today? <laughs> Um, journalism. It, it's better better than batman Definitely. forever it is i mean i will go f- as far as saying it's probably the best movie i've seen this year so far and i think it's i mean i know not i know huge competition so far though is it I mean, just yet but, but black I'm, widow I'm, and suicide squad i think is probably yeah the the biggest movies that have come out this year but i would say i think any other movie coming out this year will have to go some to beat this as being my favorite of this year mm-hmm. shang chi you're up first mm-hmm. uh, the trailer Venom, was amazing Venom's coming as well i know i know there's some very big hitters in the wings um mm. but i i was blown away from by this movie um you know Storyline's brilliant. The uh, special effects are brilliant. Um, the cameos, I won't tell you who. There are cameos. Easter eggs galore. Uh, lots of uh, pop culture references. Um, stunningly, beautifully shot. Um, there you go. Wow. That's um, sounding very impressive. I've still got a smile on my face. I'm going to watch this movie again uh, on the big screen. Definitely. So, a couple of Saturdays time, you've got Shang-Chi on screen one and Free Guy on screen two. Um, (laughs) I would go and watch Free Guy. Wow. I enjoyed it that much, Jay. It it's really good. Really, really good. I, I mean it's it's strong. I mean, we know that you 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 love your movies anyway, but this one does feel um very strong in your recommendations for it. Uh, it's it's a special movie. <laughs> it, it really is. Um <laughs> I was I was okay, put it this way. There are only three times I can ever remember clapping in a in a in a movie theatre. Um, first first one was uh, Superman um, back in the eighties sometime. <laughs> uh, I clapped when um, it was Superman two to be precise, and it was when um, um, I can't remember um, not General Zod but one of his henchmen. Oh yes. Um, uh, tried to punch Superman, uh, having you know been in the chamber, and Superman had got all his powers back. I clapped at that stage where you know Superman, Christopher Reeve, had got all his powers back and was able to beat them up. Um, second time I clapped was Endgame. You guys were there. <laughs> yeah, clapped several times. You, you, uh, one of the times you clapped was when he pulled his trousers back up. <laughs> uh, indeed, thankfully. Um, and the, third God, time was in this... <laughs> and the third time was in this movie. Admittedly, I was the only person clapping, but... <laughs> <laughs> how, I... how, how many of us in a while? It was, it was quite full, actually, surprisingly. Um, it was quite full. I mean, they still got social distancing, uh, which is Even good. more so after you started clapping. Uh, I, I did. No one actually looked around in surprise. Um so, you know, I'm sure they were enjoying it as well. <laughs> and, and you know, so you said about the cameos, you've talked about kind of, you know, not wanting to spoil anything. 
So any twists you think hold up for a second viewing? Um, not sure about the twists, but certainly pop culture references. There's there's tons galore. Um, More to go back and, and fish for. Absolutely. I mean, movies, gamers, uh, you know, music. Music was brilliant. Tons of great music. Um, lots of Mariah Carey, if you like Mariah Carey. Um, Who doesn't? Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's it's a movie for all. It sounds good. I think you've sold me a ticket. Um, I don't know when I'm going to watch it, but but definitely. Um, so Free Guys is still in cinemas as we speak, and it sounds like it's one that you want to rush out and grab hold of. Um, any final words on Free Guy? Uh, yeah, it's it's in the title. Is it Free Guy or to Free Guy? I have no idea, but we will all watch it and find out. And if you have seen it and uh, want to share your feelings about it at Geeking In Parties, where you get involved in the conversation, as always. Um, that will be uh, the end of our show tonight. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for getting involved. And we will speak to you next week. Bye-bye. Cheerio. <laughs>